Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive, 4th of July week, holiday week. Everybody is chill at the office. It is a great, great time of the year. Summer is here. It is beautiful here in Southern California. I hope it's beautiful where you are, Andy. How's, how's life in Minnesota? It's raining again. It's got like a foot of rain, flooding, spring frogs from the – it's plagues. It's awful here, actually. Oh, dude. It's, 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 hope... ni- it's nice when it's not raining. It's supposed to be a nice weekend. but I hope that yeah, doesn't like... put a damper on your 4th of July holiday weekend. No, it won't. It won't. And we should – should we tell people, like, we're just going to do the one podcast this week. So don't, don't like, go looking for one. Go celebrate the independence of America. Even yeah. if you're not from here, you should be celebrating it because – it's a decent country. Yeah. So just, yeah, but I mean, cart way ahead of the horse, way off topic. Do you want to tell them about next week? Yeah. NFL. NFL. For real. For real. It's You're going to get two, two um, hot and heavy NFL podcasts from us next week. Uh, topics and guests to be revealed at a later date. But you can start getting excited because we legitimately are ramping up. Uh, it, there is still an awful lot of time to get action down on um, on division and on futures and on win totals and just you know there's just so much information to cover. Um, you know, all through July we're going to hit interesting and um, you know kind of go through aspects of our process and you know what we think are important wrinkles to the game itself that you know matter to handicapping. So we'll. You know, we'll go full on um, prepare you boot camp, you know, training camp you for, um, you know, for the NFL season. Uh, and then uh, in mandatory August, mandatory uh, camp for you guys. Exactly. Uh, and then in August, I imagine we'll uh, we'll get heavy duty into, um, you know, division by division breakdowns. You know, once we start to see the teams play some preseason games, we'll have a better idea of, you know, wrinkles and nuances and schemes. And we'll have some, you know, some more, um, you know, some stronger takes, you know, because more inform- more well-informed takes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, July should be a pretty heavy-duty professional football preparatory uh, deep dive month. Um, so buckle in because it's, uh, it's time to talk some football. It's wild. It's wild. Like we'll we'll throw other stuff in. We're not gonna sit and not talk about the World Series when it happens, and a few other things. You know, it, things will come up. But essentially, next week until the Super Bowl, we're back. It's football. It's the NFL. It's our bread and butter. I'm so excited. Like we we actually did like a reverse calendar thing. We looked at how many podcasts we have lined up, how many different topics we lined up, and we're like, shit, we we have to start like now. If we want to fit these all, like we started counting backwards from the opener, like holy lord, that's like eight weeks of content. Now. Yeah, we have exactly. like eight weeks of content built up, and you know what? I will say some of the stuff um, had some decent questions in the DMs, or just on on the timeline, a few people asking a few questions about the NFL. I mean, continue that because that's a good way for us to not have to come up with topics. Which I'm just half kidding, but there are there are some really good questions we get throughout the season, and if it's something that we think we can actually provide some content on and actually you know give some give some decent information that might end up you know factoring into someone's handicap, then we're definitely going to talk about it on the air. So don't feel yep, afraid yep, yep. to ask some 
we've uh we've yep. got a lot so of get, weeks so get your get your get your appetite watered get your mouth watering uh and, you know and, and you get wet your appetite i mean it is but but before we get there uh today's the focus of today's podcast is going to be meat madness we are all about uh, a breakdown later on in this podcast with special guest Chris Kelly into the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. We will give you all the inside scoop on on uh, current eater form uh, and uh, break down some of the props that have betting value for your July 4th traditions. Uh, is it a tradition in your household to do a, a big barbecue grill spectacular on the day of the 4th, Andy? Oh, Lord, yeah. This week, well, this year we're going to go out to the in-laws out in South Dakota, but He's got a big old green egg and quite a bit of ranch planned out there. We're going to fire off some, I don't even know what the laws are out there. They're probably illegal fireworks. I know they're getting the big old mortars. So we're going to shoot some of those off and grill a bunch of food. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fun. Kids love going to the farm. Oh, that's cool, man. What, uh, what, what, what are, what what are your, like, what are your like top five uh, favorite things to grill in the summer out of curiosity? How do you power rank your, your, uh, your your grill meats? Oh, shoot. I mean, I had those pictures a couple weeks back. The Father's Day, the, the tomahawk chop is yeah, quickly, those moving, spectacular. That's quickly moving up the power rankings, even though you feel like you hate yourself when you're done. Because it was, <laughs> I mean, that thing, that thing was like three, three and a half pounds with the bone. It was a you're lot. Putting on, yeah, you're, you're getting it up to your playing weight eating some uh, tomahawk. Yeah, chop. it is. Uh, we got to get ready for mini camp. At all. <laughs> I, if I'm going to take any amount of time and smoke something, I'm a big Boston butt guy. I love okay. cold pork. Nice. I like to. I like to. It's more of a hobby almost at that point because that takes 13, 14 hours just <laughs> with that. the pre on the prep and everything. You, yeah, you got to right, render right, that right, fat right. down. So that's yep. number one. Ribs, ribs are high on the list too because you can smoke those. You can cook them slow, but it doesn't take all damn day. That's just a nice afternoon, and then, I mean, and then everything else. Honestly, the, my favorite cut of steaks the New York Strip, and the best place to ever get one is on my grill. I do it better mm-hmm. than, I don't know. Like, I've had really, really good steaks out in Vegas and a few steakhouses, but I still just like the way I do it better. Like, I'm, I like I like how I cook it. What's the so, secret? I can't tell you that. Well, okay. just timing. Getting the heat just right, getting the timing, putting the salt on at the right time. You want to get it to room temp. Oh, there's a lot of things going on. It's good to do, uh, like, uh, hot dogs or sausages for the kids? Oh, yeah, for sure. They love hot dogs. They're into that shit. yeah. We should do a contest. There's going to be a bunch of cousins and shit there. You know, just a bunch of little kids. Maybe we should have kids. I bet nobody. <laughs> it'll be like, it'll be super anticlimactic. Like, oh, this oh, kid ate, he ate two and a half. And he threw up yeah. two of them. <laughs> yeah. All the kids are sick. All the parents hate me. Oh, that'd be something. But no, I just, I love. <laughs> We got to keep our streak live. I don't. I can't oh, think of a year good. I've lost money on the hot dog contest. That's a good point, man. It We've is. A, it's, a, it's a nice little. It's a nice little July bankroll builder. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, so stay tuned uh, for talking to Chris. What are you um, doing for the fourth? Just I'm Long Beach to, life. Going, going up to Lake Tahoe. So oh, long, yeah. you know, Long Beach. Long Beach is fun on the fourth of July, but it is like utterly bonkers. Like it, it is so crazy and so wild. Like it, it's a it's a young man's game. <laughs> like it's so it's so it's so nutty. Um, you know they the the place that uh, that I, that we live on the east side. 
um you know they do fireworks like a couple of days early when there's not like massive crowds around so we'll we'll so we'll see that like i think that's tomorrow night um or yeah to, yeah on the second they, they do them early a uh, fireworks show for us getting old yeah and then uh so we're going up yeah we go so we we head up yeah we head up to the mountains we try to uh kind of reverse engineer the the crowd crush at the beach and we're heading up to lake tahoe for fourth of july and we'll be up in uh up in the trucky area um up in a cabin in the woods do some woodsing do some grilling do some uh uh hanging out by the lake um, I'm, I'm excited yep yep there's a lot, you know, going up to the Sierras. Gonna go find, uh, gonna go find some peace of mind up in the Sierras for the for the for the weekend. Do a long it may, up there. It makes me think of my younger years, and this is how old I am. And shout out to the Iowa peeps, you know, Lake Okaboji. That's where that's where it's all happening. It was like it's like a resort town in Iowa with a bunch of lakes, and we guys used to go down there for the fourth. And this is how old I am, because when we would go there when we were younger, your cell phones wouldn't work. <laughs> because there'd, there'd be too many people in the town like that's how that's how shitty the cell phone technology was like oh, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. you couldn't get it you couldn't get a signal because the tower wasn't powerful enough to handle that many people or whatever <laughs> so like you had just useless cell phones so you couldn't get separated from people down there but that was a that was that was a fun time down in the water I love it, man. Um, yeah, so find yourself at a beach, find yourself at a lake, enjoy your your Fourth of July, and uh, and win some money betting hot dogs. Uh, with our tips coming up later. Um, but before we get there, uh, let's celebrate some more patriotism. Break down this amazing U.S. Women's National Team on their run to another World Cup title. What are your thoughts, Andy? Have you been Can impressed we? to this point? Have we seen the best? Of this women's know. World Cup team, or do they have another gear? What are your thoughts? What, what have you seen so far? I we don't have strong political leanings, not that you guys know, but I think do we have to tip our hat to President Trump on this for, one for, for getting for the best out of Megan? Yeah. Well, no, he's pissed off Megan Rapinoe, and she's she's gone off ever since. Like she scored yeah. four straight goals. I think yeah, she's credit, got the credit where credit's she's due. Got the anger. Yeah. yeah, credit where credit's due. Oh, but they, yeah. she's looked great. I mean, she's no, no disrespect, but she's not the best player on the team. And she's carried him for two games here and as far as scoring goes. But, uh, I mean, there's a ton of great players. There's a ton of great players on the bench. I feel like while England has looked pretty good, France is the true test. We should, uh, we should see a good, uh, a good match, but they'll get past England. I wouldn't be surprised if England scores. I'm half tempted with a both teams to score. That's about even money, um, just because like the, the defense, too. defense, our defense slash goalkeeping isn't the strong point. We should actually be, we should be scoring more. I think we used them all up against Thailand. So, I'm but yeah, no, like Alex a, Morgan hasn't scored a goal since that Thailand yeah, match. And, two one, um, three one, yeah, something like that. We haven't seen the offensive output out of Tobin Heat that I expected. We haven't. Uh, we have super sub Carly Lloyd, who's a goal scoring machine. Who, uh, you know, who should be who should be getting on the score sheet and hasn't really been of late. Um, and yeah, no, I think I'm. My feeling is the same as you. I think both teams have scored even money as a good look here because we do have a leaky leaky back end and a goalkeeper who looks eh, shaky at times. I'll say, um, but you know, I think our our firepower should should uh, carry us tomorrow. Should should carry the day. Um, question for you uh we both have usa outright um we have netherlands outright uh unfortunately germany let us down 
Um, but I'm looking for some way to create a pseudo middle here where we can cheer for the United States to advance, but also kind of come up with some way to potentially cover our losses or, and potentially hit a middle. Uh, is the way to do that to put England over half a goal? In I was just going to say, Eng- yeah, rank? England's England's team total over. That wouldn't okay. be bad. Over what? over half a goal. We're expecting them. It likely is is relatively likely that they score a goal regardless. And the only is it true or false? The only way England beats us is if they put up like like a like a truly impressive offensive performance. Like they're not beating us. Uh, they're not beating us um, in extra time or in penalties at a zero-zero game. Like, there's just that's not a realistic expected outcome, right? No, I mean they conceded to Scotland. We're gonna we're gonna score. <laughs> It'd be funny if it just gets shut out now. But yeah, I, f- I feel like the U.S. Like, if England wants to win, they're gonna have to score. They're gonna have they're to gonna score. have to do it offensively. Yeah, right? offensively for sure. Which means the so if we want to kind of create a middle, we can get an outcome where United States still advances, but we concede a goal if we play England over a half goal as a team total. Pop that that. uh, minus one seventy. I want to put that in a. I want to put that in a parlay leg. Yeah, I want to put that in a parlay leg with something in the Sweden Netherlands game. But we'll we'll get to that in a second. So so uh, so realistic expectations here. Uh, USA, if it's 1-1, they have an advantage in extra time or in overtime just based on depth. Would you agree with that? Yeah, much better subs. Okay. Um, if it's – can can we keep uh, England to one goal, to a single goal? Is the is the, is the full game over? Two and a half? Yeah, and worth I was here. just going to say, like, I might not get cute with it with the freaking both teams to score. I tried that a couple weeks ago. And it was like a three or four nothing game. Pissed me off that I tried to get cute. And it was an England pick, game yeah. too, was it? it was England yeah. Norway? England Norway, yeah. I tried to pick up a few cents with yeah, both Norway, teams. I really thought yeah. Norway was going to get one, but uh, they, they had they, they had, had a lot of, of chances. They really had a lot of chances early. Like in England, scored right away. I thought I thought I might have one at halftime. Those are nice, nice and easy. But no, the, the full game over looks good. That might just be my hedge. I might just play the full game over because I don't see a scenario where England wins one nothing or two nil. Like that just this seems so unlikely. That Real I'm, low I'm likelihood, right? I'm not worried. Where I feel like the over is a hedge, and honestly, if I didn't have an outright, I'd I feel like that too. I'd probably still play the over. Like it's I like what that I like. too. It's, it's and yeah, like. we can just cheer for like three or four USA goals. And, uh, That's and what I thought at, we had yeah. with France. I had that versus France, and I thought I had the over, and then the no doubt advancement with three nothing. They took it off the board, and yeah, then it got a little sweaty. It did get a little sweaty. Okay, uh, so question: um, England have they? They they really haven't played anybody. I mean, like their groups. Their group was easy, easy as poop, and uh, they got you know Cameroon took themselves out of the game. Uh, with kind of the meltdown there at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half. Uh, and uh, Norway looked absolutely gassed uh, after kind of playing a very, very hard-fought uh, match against Australia. Um, is in- So England hasn't really been tested. Any chance that the books and the, the market is completely overrating this team? 
you know, we've said that, but then they go out and beat the piss out of Norway. I will say, like, yeah, the group was easy. Um, what was it? Who was the Asian team in the group? Was it China? Japan. Japan, yeah. Japan had that early draw. Like, I think it was a nil-nil draw, which essentially gave England the group. Like, it was, you know, the first day of qualify or the first day of group play. England pretty much had the group locked up. They didn't have to do a lot. Basically beat Scotland and take care of business, and it's done. Uh, yeah, the Cameroon thing was wild. That was a that was an entertaining game, to say the least, I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nor- Norway did look tired. That was rough, especially for the both teams to score. Andy had. I am still mad. At the, still mad. At most of Scandinavia for Norway pulling that shit and Sweden beating the Germans. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would say they're probably a little overrated. Um, the price is probably fair though, just because they're still gonna get US money coming in. Meanwhile, like USA, two nothing win over Sweden, two one over Spain, two one over France. Is the USA? I mean, like they're beating legitimate competition here. And even these two one wins, two nothing win against Sweden, like they're leaving goals on the field. Is that all you do you agree with that statement? Yeah, the two the, the final game of group play, it felt like they could have had a few more. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, and honestly, Thailand too, they should add eighteen, nineteen goals. I don't know why they took their foot off the gas pedal. Have you seen price on USA to win the cup? It's still around fifty fifty. It's still around like even odds. I'm, I'm seeing a minus one fifty. Oh, you are. Oh, that got the that got bet into. Oh, okay, well, that ruins my question. Then I was basically going a long way around saying like, if somebody's not involved in this, is it still value on betting USA to lift the trophy? But you think uh, that that sounds like that's actually a pretty reasonable price? Minus one fifty, you said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so on the other side of things, uh, Sweden pulls off the massive upset over Germany. Um, any major takeaways from that match? Sweden better than we think, or the Germans yeah, they- just defense just let them down. German's defense looked a little lost, but fuck, Sweden came to play. I mean, they they were not intimidated. I, I don't know. Like, it's not how I expected the match to go at all. I didn't bet on it. But, uh, you know, essentially I did with the German future. I I didn't feel like doubling down with some Germany to advance or Germany full-time, which I guess turned out to be a good move. I could just save myself a little money because I sure thought about it. But, uh, yeah, that was surprising. I think Sweden. Maybe we maybe we didn't we didn't rate Sweden as highly just because of the U.S. match. Whereas like shit, the U.S. is really really good, and maybe holding them to two goals was an accomplishment. Yeah, fair enough. I'm pretty excited. I'm and I'm pretty excited to see what they can do against the. I still love this Dutch front. Yeah, the Dutch front is freaking awesome. Okay, so here's the question though. Um, so the Dutch front, I mean Sweden's path to victory. Like, what's the their strategy? Dutch rudder? Is the Swedish path to victory to effectively park the bus and take this to a zero-zero tie into penalties or something like that? Because I we I saw both those these matches on Saturday. the the Dutch uh, The Dutch Italy match was fantastic. The Dutch in the second half were so dynamic. They should have scored four or five goals. They were incredible. Italy basically gave up though after they got the first one. So I don't really know how meaningful the rest of those goal opportunities well, they, and the I one goal they, was. I mean, the- what's that? They just had Italy on their heels the whole time. Yeah, the whole time, second half. Um, so then, uh, then they but they played in the heat. It was damn hot in both the Dutch game and the. Uh, uh, sorry, hang on, just a second. Stupid fucking plane. Uh, in both the both the Dutch game and the um, the <laughs> Germany game, it was like you know close to 100 degrees 
they played a full, you know, a full hard game. Uh, you know, both teams pushed hard. Uh, and I'm kind of expecting the fatigue, cumulative fatigue here to be a factor in this game. Uh, and that Sweden, you know, that their best chance to advance to the final here is to have a low scoring game. Do you, does that resonate at all with how you think the uh, style of play will be in this, in this one? Like we could see a pretty low grindy, low scoring first half, just like a, 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 you know, feel each other out, not concede the big mistake, not concede the key goal. I mean, Sweden's, you know, Sweden's, you know, his defense was pretty impressive keeping Germany to one goal. Uh, Netherlands goalkeeper is freaking legit. That that woman can play goal. She can keep a goal quite well. Uh, I would say the under on this one feels like the look, feels like the side. Um, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to bet into another, you know, again, kind of talking about the middle. I kind of want Netherlands under one and a half team total as a parlay leg with my England over a half here as kind of coverage on the two outrights. Does this make sense? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not a soccer handicapper <laughs> by trade. Like, yeah, we, we can get into it a little, but, I mean, some of the nuances of the game I don't fully understand, especially when I talk to somebody who is, and they start spitting some stuff, and it makes sense, but it's like, shit, I don't think any of this. Like, you know so much more about the game than I. But I've seen this in cases where it seems like it's hard to park the bus against a team that it's just going to come and attack high like that all the time. Like you're just going to sit back there deep in your zone and, and let a team like the Netherlands with their, you know, their front four with their attacking style, just sit and pepper you. It's, and it's not like, it's not like you can make the clock run any faster or, you know, football where it's like, we're just going to run the ball three times and take four minutes off the clock Sometimes sitting back there in your zone and just getting peppered by goals is the wrong call, even when you think you should maybe be trying for a low-scoring game, shooting for you know maybe an attack off a counter like that. So I don't fully know what Sweden's going to do. I just know I don't know if that would be the strategy I would want to employ against the Netherlands. I think so they need the... to they need to be aggressive like they were against Germany. Like they they have to play the game to win. They don't they can't play to not lose. Okay. Boy, how that about was the, a terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> cliche. How about oh, the fatigue the... angle, though? How about the fatigue angle, though? Because they did play in some severe heat, and ne- I thought Netherlands. I the reason that a lot of their chances did not convert is they had just they, like their legs looked tired. They were some. They were just some weak balls on goal. Uh, it is. Is there any chance that that kind of it, you know? I mean, like, because because the way you're talking. If, you, if, if the Netherlands team that we saw show up in the second half against Italy plays in, you know, plays in this, uh, this match against Sweden, then that, there's value on Netherlands to win in regulation, as far as I can tell you. Is that the way you feel about this? Should we just sit tight and, and uh, yeah, hold our, our 15-1 to tickets? I'm sitting tight on that match. I'll look for a... First half under? Well, no, I mean, I might look for a lot of angle. If, it, if Netherlands goes up, I might look for a... Uh, Sweden to advance, take it at a big fat number. Oh, just like five to, to one. Yeah, like a, like a small hedge. But uh, yeah, otherwise, if I want, I don't want to bet this match pregame. I mean, you can hear how little confidence I have in what style of play and what kind of match we're going to see. I have no idea what they want to do against uh, mm. against that. And it's like you said, if if the Dutch show up and play like they did in the second half for, versus Italy, there were they were just hammering them with shots. I mean, it's some really it, good shots too. It could it could get out of hand in a hurry, where it's you know 
two nil at the 25 mark and it's all but over yeah, most dangerous okay. most dangerous lead in women's soccer <laughs> two nothing <laughs> <laughs> so ask brazil brazil was up two nil on australia that's a good point that's a very very good point they were the worst team that day though i thought um okay oh, for sure well uh that's a good good kind of setup good kind of breakdown here um I'm looking for a first half under in that not Netherlands Sweden game. Uh, I do think that uh, that the Dutch uh, will have learned a pretty valuable lesson about the way that they, that Italy game went down. Uh, and on top of that, I just think the tired legs and you know, kind of the ability to to move the ball and um, you know and, and get shots on goal is going to be a little bit hampered by the uh, by the fatigue there. Plus, uh, Sweden uh, they're they're missing one of their wingers on yellows, I believe. Um, which I think takes away some of their goal scoring threats. So I think first half under in that Sweden Netherlands game is is a pretty decent look, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Netherlands gets through with a decider one nothing kind of late in the second half. That's kind of the way I see the game script playing out. But it is all predicated on Sweden running a strategy that, as Andy pointed out, may not be the best strategy for a team like the Netherlands, who can absolutely wail away on you from a offensive shooting standpoint. Yeah, I got to talk um, to my soccer guys tonight. Yeah, get some more info on that because if you can maybe talk me out of you know what I'm what I'm pitching here as as uh, my middle shots here because I think yeah I mean they got kind of in summary like I think England you know advances on an offense and I think Sweden advances on defense and so I kind of want to if they advance uh, and um, so I kind of want to put those pair together just as a as a means of protecting the, the futures we have out there. I might have to run this by um, <clears throat> a math guy or someone smarter than us but i've done this in the past with uh kelly big 10 Watto there on the other on the ball boys podcast a big part of what we do there is outrights for tennis tournaments where we're you know we're placing a few bets every week on some outrights and there was a week where we had two decent sized outrights in the semifinals and was it the was this Apelka in the New York Open? And uh, I can't remember where it was, but it, it and, was uh, like Mulfi and Rotterdam. It, it, it was two guys in the same tournament, oh. so it, it, they could have both lost, and they were they yeah, were opposite right. sides. So you could either had the guaranteed win in the finals or some variety of one or none. So yeah. I said I'm going to parlay both guys losing, just yes. in case. I said I'm going to place a parlay that both guys lose because it's a big plus number big plus money number and that that way if i don't have any of my outrights make it to the finals i'm just going to make it so it refunds all my money like i'll get all the money i placed in outrights back just in case and then if that you know granted worst case honestly the worst case is one of your guys makes it not the other you want both yeah you know you you lose your parlay you lose one outright but they were big enough numbers where I felt like we could still do some work in the finals and make some money. I can't even remember how that turned out because I tried to get Kelly to do that once, and he didn't. He didn't love it, and then I think both of his outrights lost. Well, I mean, there's two there's two levels to, to placing a hedge bet: one where you're completely removing your liability, and one where you're shooting for the middle. You know. Yep. And I'm, what I'm trying to talk, I'm trying to construct some sort of middle here, but I don't really. I'm doing it on the ba- on the basis of you know how the underdogs will advance in these in these two matches, as opposed to you know real and 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 plays that I generally I genuinely think are are reasonable looks anyway. Um, so yeah, I think um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm calling a one nothing uh, victory for the Netherlands, and I'm calling two uh, one for USA over England, and. Uh, Netherlands USA final. Oh, uh, 
kick your feet up and uh, and just en- enjoy 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 the final. Yep. Okay. Well, and obviously cheer for our girls. Uh, cheer for which 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 ones are our girls? Hey, <laughs> I feel like I've I feel like I've pseudo adopted this Dutch team now. I it's know, a, I it's a bigger number, but it's the same payout for me the way I staked. And I'm visiting my Dutch in-laws here, which oh boy, I don't know. He did a 23 in me and found out that they're part Croatian too. So who knows? Uh, it's, just, oh, it's a yeah. it's a mixed bag over there. Maybe great great grandma lied about where they came from. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let me uh, get some thoughts then. Uh, so yeah, and uh, let's go USA. We're, we're, I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek. I'm pulling for USA all the way in this thing, and I think they will win because they are by far the best team. Uh, and I think we haven't seen their best. I think they have even better. I think they have an even, uh, you know, an even greater gear to kick into uh, as we go down the home stretch here. Um, and uh, yeah. Impressive wins over Spain and France, and let's add let's add let's, England let's add let's add an England scalp to that uh, collection on our way to. The let's title. give the uh, and let's give the men's team their due. They beat Curacao one 0 and they looked like shit. And that's it. <laughs> Curacao though, like absolute a, shit. That is a the Curacao though is a. I mean, you know, you're talking about a a powerhouse. You know, which is funny because Curacao, I think, was a Dutch colony. It was a Dutch colony, I think. The ABC Islands, uh, Aruba, yep. Bonaire, and uh, Curacao down there by Venezuela. Um, home of the famous blue Curacao liquor. No? <laughs> is that not? <laughs> I don't think that's what that is. Though. Oh, what? God, what else happened this week? What are you I drinking mean, for the 4th of July, by the way? I meant to ask you that. Oh, Taking gosh. Beers? Those, yeah, they, season still? Or are you used they, to um, beers? They, it's like a full day drinking event. They had two separate fridges that are meant just for beer. And then the father-in-law likes to drink just a just a shitload of uh, Southern Comfort. Oh shit! So we'll oh, probably God. imbibe just oh, a couple of, couple ice cubes and some Soco and get after it. Have a few of oh, those dude, and light off some fireworks. Sounds safe. This. Um, what kind of beers? You got you got to go something that you can drink like a good amount of. It can't be like IPAs or heavy you know heavy alcohol. What do, what do you oh, go for sure. a, for a nice sure day drinking? Bag. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. We don't want to give anyone any brand. You know, no one's paying us for this yet, so we won't advertise for any alcohol by brand name. But uh, okay. Um, all right, man. Uh, any, uh, any, uh, real quick before we get into hot dogs. Uh, any thoughts on the biggest story of the weekend? NBA free agency. It was freaking wild yesterday. The notifications from Woj were just out of control. I was like, some. My phone is broken. Like it keeps telling me there's a notification. This can't be a new tweet. This can't be a new tweet. This can't be a new tweet. And you realize, like, oh, he's had all these in drafts and he knows all the numbers of all these contracts and he's known them for hours. Like, you know, okay, cool. I see what's happening here. But, uh, you know, what were some of your takeaways from uh, free agency? Uh, just kind of number one, the experience. Uh, and, uh, and then I'll ask your opinion on uh, what you thought some of the better deals and some of the worst deals were. Yeah, I mean, the biggest, obviously, the biggest storyline was the Knicks going from, I mean, everybody had their Knicks memes, and that was a lot of fun. We all had our laugh at their expense, but boy, I actually, I do feel bad, because I'm a, I'm a Minnesota sports fan. We've had a lot of bad things happen to our sports teams, like uh, New York has some championships, at least, I guess, but Christ, a month ago, it was, you know, it was Katie, Kyrie, and Zion, and then the lottery went the way it did. I, apparently, 
they wouldn't offer the max deal, say the less KD, and then Kyrie just do what do, and all of a sudden, I mean, who's the biggest name that the Knicks signed, do you think? It's Julius Randle. Yeah, for or, sure. Orange, Jul- Orange Julius. Which, and I said this off air, like, Woj took some heat for his tweet about, you know, the Knicks making the best of the situation, but at the point where you've, you've fucked up, you've lost KD, you've traded away the unicorn, you've not gotten the right pick that you needed in the lottery. What what else are you going to do? You said you make chicken salad out of chicken shit and you, you start putting the pieces together. And I don't think they did a terrible job. I mean, actually they probably did too good of a job. They'll probably be on the low end of the playoffs in the East. Like they, they might, com- they might compete for it. Go, go look at the East. They might compete for an eight spot. I strongly disagree. That's a 20-win team if I've ever seen it. Oh, that's a 37-win team, and that's that's an eight spot. Oh man, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna luck their way. The East is kind of shitty, I think. They have so, no. They have, they, their guards, their guards are such poor defenders. They have no ability to stop guards. They're gonna get scored on like fucking crazy. I don't think you need defense Defense doesn't matter. They signed a whole slew of uh, of um, power forwards. I mean, like it, it literally is like the Pelicans without uh, without. Anthony Davis from last season is more or less kind of how they have structured this team. And I, I mean, well, you know, maybe, maybe for, they for went 30 sake. games, but I think their ceiling is probably 30. Definitely not eight seed in the East. I mean, for, there's... for their sake, I hope you're right. Like, yeah, they, they uh, need to yeah. get a lot. They need to get another lottery pick. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, okay. Well, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to, I mean, I think, it, okay, let's, let's, let's compartmentalize real quick on the Knicks. Uh, number one, um, for the purposes of entertainment and the and, and enjoyment of the league, it was definitely fun to see people kicking the Knicks when they were down. Uh, that's been kind of an ongoing theme, and it's not getting old anytime soon. Uh, that said, um, you know, I did, definitely lost money on this. I thought KD was going to the Knicks for sure. Uh, when he did that piece with Ramona Shelburne at the, uh, at the All-Star break, it was like the writing was on the wall. Everyone in league circles, every – you know, every information person that I knew and talked to was KD to the Knicks was a done deal. Um, they dealt K- they dealt Porzingis knowing that they were clearing space to try to bring in KD and Kyrie. And all of that changed apparently on the basis of, you know, the Achilles injury. Although I have strong suspicion that, you know, KD and Irving kind of jointly made the decision to go to the Nets over the Knicks. And then the Knicks kind of made that statement about pulling the max offers and as a means of saving face, as opposed to like, that's actually how it went down. That could be but true. that's, but that's, you know, and, but it, it makes them look even worse that they are incompetent and that they pulled that, that offer. Um, really the, the only thing, you know, presumably this could hasten their, you know, their recovery as a franchise because the fish rots from the head, this is all on James Dolan. And, you know, the, you know, this, you know, causes a revolt as opposed to just kind of an acceptance and move on and we suck and we're lovable losers. Like if this causes a revolt and they, you know, forces the sale of the franchise or, you know, then then maybe you start bringing in more competent pieces to put together a competitive team. But it's crazy that the Nets got effectively got robbed at gunpoint by Danny Ainge uh, in 2012, bottomed out, gave away the entire entirety of their future and ability to rebuild after Garnett and everybody moved on. And then yet now are still substantially more competitive than the Knicks have ever been over that time window is wild. It's wild. 
Um, and uh, that said, I'm not expecting anything of the Nets next year, really. They look like a very solid. I think that's third, the takeaway. Third, yeah, very solid third seed, maybe the fourth seed out in the second round of the playoffs. I don't think their ceiling is much better than the second round. I don't think their floor is much worse than the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and uh, even when they get KD into the mix next, not next year, but the following season, I don't know that this is a, a you know, a true contender. And I don't know that we are, you know, we ever see the, the KD that we saw in Golden State play again. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be, it's a, it's a non-trivial thing that he'll recover 100% from this injury. Uh, and, um, you know, I think, um, you know, it's more important for the competitive balance of the league that he's not on the Warriors with stuff uh, than it is, like, important for some New York team to be a contender with him on the team, I that guess. Was, uh, this is my, my general thought. We said that off air, too. That tweet that really got me thinking that just somebody tweeted, what if the Knicks are right? Yeah. Because it is yeah. – it could, it could be a career-hampering injury where he just never quite has the explosiveness – like that leg could bother him for a long time. It's kind of a bad injury. Like, look, I don't know. Look what Boogie came back. I don't yeah. know. If he, like, it, it's going to take a while. And like you said, this year's shot. It, it, you know, there there are people saying like, oh, he could be back for the finals next year. I don't uh, think you can. I don't think you can make the finals no. without him. Like, unless no, no, he's no, back no. early and a hundred percent, you're not going to get past Milwaukee. You're probably not going to get past. I mean, even Philly. Sixers, no way. Uh, the, the Celtics made some moves. Pacers, Pacers have a decent, uh, a decent squad. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of teams that you're going to have a tough time getting past. Most notably, the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Milwaukee Bucks bringing back Brook Lopez was huge. Bringing back Middleton, albeit at an enormously expensive price tag, was the right thing to do. And uh, Giannis takes another step forward next year, and that's your Eastern Conference champs. I don't really think that there's a lot of wiggle room there. Um, impossible to know about Kawhi and the Raptors and the Lakers and the Clippers, so we'll just steer clear of that. Any other moves that you thought? that you heard about, that you read about, that you were like, wow. I don't know. I've seen a Lakers sense. fan account said that he's a Laker. Uh, yeah. That seems like uh, that seems like an attempt to establish oneself as an insider when there's a very strong likelihood that there is no inside information and that it all goes up in smoke. Um, because I've been told by people who do know that Kawhi is like currently in meetings with Jerry West and the Clippers and that all of the stuff that that guy was tweeting about uh, the meeting having already turned the Clippers down was all a bunch of bullshit. Oh, so I wasn't I, even talking about that guy. I meant to oh, okay. account with like 30 followers. Like, oh. There's a ton of those. So he, it's because he's a Laker already. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, he could, uh, and you never know. Like, just with the way everything's gone down, fuck, I, he could sign with the Suns. I don't know. Like, wilder things have happened. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's um, not a lot of people with the cap room. Like, there's there's only a few teams. And it, I think it, it's between Toronto and the Knicks or to, Toronto and the Clippers. Well, uh, if he does go to the Lakers, I would stand to make back a decent amount of the money I lost on. Uh on KD to the Knicks, so I wouldn't be super sad, although it would completely warp the competitive balance in the West next year, which would be stupid and annoying. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of on the fence here. Um, the, um, any, I meant to, yeah, so any, anyway, any other deals that you thought were uh, especially good? Any other deals that you thought a team, like, substantially took a step forward in terms of how you perceive them heading into 19 and 20? How about the how about the Pelicans? Yeah, how about that? Like, 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the West because we can't set up the West yet without knowing if why and set up in the West and a few other things. If the if the D'Lo thing sticks in Golden State, um, obviously the Trailblazers are interesting. The Nuggets are still good. You know the Dubs will still be, uh, you know, a really good team, especially once you get Clay back. But yeah, the Pelicans. The Pelicans quietly. Might and maybe it's a case too where with the draft capital and everything else they put together, maybe they're kind of a year after next team. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be my read. That'd be right. I think. I think that's. I think that's, I think that's the read too. But I think they're going to the playoffs. Like they'll yeah. be a bottom. bottom okay. half of the I was expecting more. Playoffs. I was expecting more out of the Clippers. <laughs> it looks like they're not really going to be in contention next year. I was expecting more out of the Mavericks. Uh, they may not be in contention next year. Um, I was expecting more out of the Kings. I don't know what the hell bringing back Barnes for that number was all about. Um, so yeah, I can see that. Uh, the Rockets are running it back. That's going to be a little weird. Um, I, I'm, I am, I'm blown away. Mike D'Antoni, Chris Paul, James Harden, Eric Gordon, Clint Capella, that all that these guys are going to make another run at it is surprising. Um, and well, I didn't even mention the Rockets. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that they're just literally running it back exactly as is. Um, and um, they're even bringing back Gerald Green. Um, yeah, so that was kind of surprising that there was literally no action there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, San Antonio should be better. They get the they get uh, you know some healthy pieces back and made some under the table signings, so they'll be a factor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Pelicans are on the outside looking in still, but they'll be fun to watch and they'll be interesting. And if Zion is actually as good as people have made out him to, made him out to be, then uh, yeah, then maybe they will be a factor. Um, anyway, interesting stuff all around. How about the worst move? Anything stick out to you as especially WTF? Sixers. <laughs> Just because of the roster construction being so big heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird. I guess we said the same thing, the opposite about the Dubs. They have but, no shooting. Yeah, they they really, 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 really needed a shooter, so they didn't get one. I don't even know if they went <laughs> after one. It, losing, I don't know. Yeah, the the roster construction there seems strange. I think Brand is just in over his head. Could be. I, it doesn't feel like it feels like it's oh it's it's got a bunch of good names, but then you put that team out there and watch them play and be like, oh, you're like Duke from last year. Like, yeah, these are all no really can good. Shoot. Yeah, nobody can <laughs> shoot the ball. Like, yeah. Unless unless you can get to the rim and dunk every single play. Which that's not if you can't shoot the three, I don't know. I mean we're being we're far. being a, we're being a little tongue in cheek here. Obviously Al Al Horford has some range. Obviously Tobias Harris can can shoot some outside, but they're not consistent. These aren't true shooters. You lost JJ Redick, who is a true shooter. Uh, doesn't seem like you know you you're you're saddled with uh, Ben Simmons, who will not shoot, uh, which I think actually necessitates finding guys who will shoot the wide open threes more. Uh, and you know, as great as you know, I like Al Horford plenty, but I'm not sure what kind of fit he is next to Embiid. I know he was like an you know classical Embiid stopper. But uh, I don't really know how they go together, you know, on the same, you know, in the same lineup. Um, and Tobias Harris was, uh, you know, was not the right fit with these guys last season, I didn't think. And granted, Jimmy Buckets is moving on and 
you know, there you're bringing in Josh Richardson, who's another guy who's, you know, relatively yeah. on the big side and can't necessarily shoot. So it, it's a, it's a strange one. I still think they're probably the second best team in the East. Um, you know, who might be the worst team in the East, maybe even worse than the Knicks who just, uh, gave, uh, scary Terry Rozier. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, for, I'd forgotten about like what, Charlotte's. Moves. He got over twenty million dollars a year. He got some kind of stupid number. Scary Terry. Uh, he had that one good over. playoff series. He had one good playoff series. Coined a nickname. Uh, thought he was the you know t-shirts. thought he was the 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 leader of the the whole squad in Boston. Didn't understand why he was starting behind Kyrie Irving. Like these aren't you know th- that's not a guy you give you know big time money to and expect him to pull your franchise out of the. Uh, out of the you know losing your your franchise player of the last five years in Kemba Walker, so I, that was bizarre. That was a really strange one. That was a that was a very much like a you know you know girl gets dumped and hooks up with the ugly guy at the bar sort of situation. I like that like... situation. <laughs> you can always tell too. You can tell that girl. Oh, she looks sad. Yeah, yeah, vulnerable. Take advantage of her. Scary Terry's agent took advantage of Michael Jordan. Um, that's for damn sure. Um, okay, well, uh, we'll get uh, Chris. We'll get Chris Kelly's take on on the Warriors. I'll hold off on my thoughts on what the heck they're doing. And I, I do agree, D'Lo is probably going to find a different home. They're going to swing him for a, a wing or a forward or of some sort to to replace the position and the production of you know some of the guys that they've lost, especially you know, namely Katie and Iguodala. Um, and um, yeah, uh, we'll get uh, we'll get Chris Kelly's thoughts on that, along with some hot dog contest eating winners, wieners, hot dog eating contest wieners coming up next. Does that sound like fun? I think. And people, you know, we we made a comment, but hit us up in the DMs and whatever with some NFL questions. If you really have sudden, we did catch some. We did catch some people asking us that too, like, hey. Uh, are uh, we doing a hot dog eating contest one, or what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah what's, obviously. The, what's the hookup, man? Obviously, hookup? yeah. It's funny. Obviously. Like this will be this will be the pivot point every year. Once you yeah. hit hot dogs, then you put, know put, you've, yeah. hit criti- you've, you've hit critical mass on talking about stuff that we're out of our element on, and it's time to go back to football. Yep, that's a great great call. Which is why we All bring right. Chris Kelly on because he's a hot dog, um, a hot dog betting guru. That's right. All right. So with that. And into the hot dog props with our special guest, Chris Kelly. Welcome to the deep dive. Second year. <laughs> Good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me on. It wouldn't be the 4th of July without it. That's a great call. Um, so a little bit of introduction because we've, we've picked up some listeners since uh, we did this with you last year. Um, Chris is uh, kind of the, um, the godfather of the hot dog syndicate. <clears throat> that exists uh, the, sh- the super sharp <laughs> hot dog syndicate um he's pulling the strings he's uh you know he's the you know he's the puppet master here behind uh, all of the, uh, the the sharp hot dog action in the off- offshore and and uh and onshore question mark betting space i know that was kind of the big news actually of the whole um and you know we, we did a podcast last year it was ex- it was exciting it was a success it was um, it was wild drama. We'll recap that in a little bit, but uh, specifically to this year's news, uh, Nathan's hot dog eating contest props will not be offered in New Jersey. It looks like. Uh, what is the kind of the general landscape of the uh, availability of hot dog eating props, and, and your thoughts on the on the state of the market? 
Yeah, that, and that's you're right. That's big news that 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 came out, and I know that uh, the owners of uh, of kind of the, the owners of Major League Eating, the Shea Brothers, are are, are kind of fighting that, and they've been on on Twitter hoping that will get overturned before Wednesday or before Thursday, so people can actually can actually bat into Jersey. But aside from that, it's, it's been absolute dog shit. I mean, there just isn't a lot out there, and I think that's a result of some of these markets getting bet into and yeah, you, you can't get thousands of dollars down on specific bets, but it adds up across a number of books. If you have access to a number of different books. And by this time last year, you know, we had a lot of props listed at, at Bovada uh, five times bet online. And there just, there really isn't anything with the exception of the main four, which is, you know, the, the winner um, Joey versus field and the, and the ladies winner versus field and then the over under women's and men's. And then Bovada has got a few props some of which have guys that are retired. So that, that kind of tells you where, where the prop market is right now. I'm, <laughs> I am patiently waiting and refreshing my computer every 15 minutes. So you're telling me they lined a guy that has retired from competitive eating, uh, which tells you kind of a good sense of, of how much homework they've done. And that, I mean, that, that's sort of why I like this market and like some of these other small markets, because the edges here are more significant if you're willing to, to, to dive in, because there's just not a lot of information available most people wouldn't know that Carmen Sincati retired. It's just that I, I've known for a while because I, I follow and, and I had some conversations with him last year leading up to the contest, but he retired and then deleted his Twitter. And I, I can't even find why. There's no reasoning. No one really talks about it. But if, if you dig around a little bit, you'll find out he's retired. But if you're just casually paying attention, it's not talked about often, but Bovada's lined him in like three matchups or two matchups and they have him in a, in a spread matchup versus yeah. Chestnut. <laughs> Which is the unfortunate part because he's the only he's the only actual competition to Chestnut, and and sure. unfortunate that he retired. So, any truth to the rumor that he retired and deleted his Twitter well, because there was some sort of there was some sort of inside information sharing between him and, and the biggest <laughs> competitive eating betting syndicate out there? <laughs> no truth to that. But I tell you what, he was a good guy, and and just having some conversations leading up to last year, we had some, we had some fun with it. He helped us out a lot. Unfortunately, he didn't hit the the. We got a lot of soft lines on Bovada, which I think is one of the reasons we're seeing less offered early, especially as it relates to Sincati. But the his highest numbers, he didn't get over that high number, missed by a half dog on the dime. But he was a good sport, good sport last year, and, and sharing a lot of good info and having good conversation, providing some insight into the contest, which I think was was pretty good in terms of leading up to our pod. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Andy, uh, did uh, did did you get anything down so far? Just a little bit on an over. I took a plus money. You can get good plus money numbers on some of these overs. Uh, we talked a little just before, you know, earlier today about the, the men, the difference between the men and the women's field. I think Joey's just an animal. It doesn't matter if he has competition or not. I think he's just competing against himself, competing against history. I think he'll go out and have a good performance. The weather looks good. I don't know what, I don't know what's Chris's take on the weather. I think, I think it's, it's prime hot dog eating weather. It doesn't look like it's going to be too hot. 80, 86, 87, I think you know, a little warm, but I think it's totally totally what these guys are used to eating in, uh, you know, when it comes to 4th of July. So the guys that have been out there uh, before, you know, the, 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 the guys are going to be in the top five. They're going to be used to it. I think there is a, uh, you know, a, a, a prevailing thought that those that are newer in the competition, they tend to fall off uh, from their qualifiers because sometimes the conditions are a little warmer not used to being in front of, you know, a hundred thousand people, but you know, that's not, I, I think you're exactly right. That's not going to bother Joey and, I, and I, we can get into it, but I, I think that, you know, I'm right on, right on with, with what you're thinking there in terms of, of the over with, with Joey, even despite the lack of 
any formidable competition. If some bookmaker reached out to you and they were like, look, man, like people, there's an appetite for this. No pun intended. There people want to bet into this. We need help lining some market. Like what, what do you think a fair, fair odds are for an over under on chestnut this, for this uh, 2019 hot dog eating contest? You know, I think that the standard line across, um, across all books right now is 73 and a half. And it's just the nice thing is you shop around and find the best juice. Uh, I would probably set it just, I would probably set it at 74 to 74 and a half and that's aggressive. And then I, you know, I think then you, you know, maybe you, you, you juice it slightly to the under at 73 and a half. I think anything at plus money is, is a good bet. This isn't by any means go out and hammer play, but you know, if you're looking for some action, anything at plus money. And as of this morning, five dimes had gone back to plus money. They, it took some, some more money today. Every time it's gone back into plus money, I've, I've, I've added a little bit more to it, but um, you know, if you look around, there are still a few books hanging around even money. Some now are juice the over, but it, you know, different juicer. I, th- I think that's a fair number, even, you know, just like, you know, I think Andy said it best. He's an animal and he just, he's just competing against himself and he wants to absolutely go out there and break the record again. Yeah. Yeah. How about, um, the, uh, how about 74 and a half at plus 186? Mask risk. Max risk is uh, only a hundred dollars at bookmaker, but that's Book, uh, man, was, it's bookmaker. I would, I would bet that. Absolutely. Yeah. They'll let you rebet. So if you really wanted to get a lot down, you could, I suppose. Um, so, uh, so what, um, I guess what is, I mean, is there, is there a market in, in the off screen space? You know, we were naming a lot of the, uh, the common offshore books where these props are offered. Uh, and because they are not offering them in New Jersey, you don't really have a, a, a recourse to, to go to your brick and mortar shop in New Jersey and make a bet on these. But um, if you had, uh, you know, access to paperhead accounts and things like that, could you get down on the hot dog eating contest or do they not bother lining this? I don't think they do, but I I honestly don't know. I really don't know how much, how much is done there. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say. And like, I think it's funny, you know, you, you, you've done podcasts with, um, with Kanish about, about the prop markets in, and, and how well he's done some of the prop markets, specifically NFL drafts. And right, and over time it has evolved because people have have been successful, and there's just less props available, and there's less to take advantage of. And I think we're starting to see that here with with what's happening. You know, again, we crushed it with Joey Overs two years ago. Last year, I came in the negative because the the biggest Sincati numbers didn't didn't come through, but we hit some soft lines early that kept it from being a really bad really bad day for me. Um, and I, I think that like we're just seeing that it's it's people are taking advantage of what is out there when, you know, the few people that know what they're doing. And, and so they're just, there's no one wants to be that first book to really go out with much. And so sure. they're just not putting much out there. You know, dimes has in the past the, for the day or two before the competition come out with a lot more head to heads and over unders. And that's what I'm hoping that, that I'll see because I, I, I think the first book that puts out over unders on some of the non Joey's, uh, we'll, we'll have soft numbers it, it, mm. just based on the information that's available. You really have to dig to kind of know historical numbers, what the, what their career best is, all sorts of things. So that's what I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting for. And, and we'll see what, what is posted out there. Okay. You played that almost perfectly into a question I had for you. So well done by you. Uh, <laughs> last year was wild in that the ESPN official count <laughs> at the time of the, of the contest was off by like a dozen dogs. It was low. Yeah, it was and it was like, I, I, I was like, I watched it. I had a little bit of exposure, nothing serious, just fun money. And, but I knew how much you had down and I watched that thing and I watched those numbers come in and I was like, are you 
bleeping kidding me like yeah this is a disaster like i feel bad like chris's uh fourth of july is ruined here turned ruined. out they were wrong by by more than 10 hot dogs yeah. and it took like yeah. an hour there was like an hour there where things were in flux and you were like you know like this is a disaster um people are gonna go back and watch youtube clips of last year right yeah they're gonna yep. see the espn broadcast and they're gonna think yep. that these number that numbers ought to be off by 10 is that going to potentially influence all of this stuff? And people are going to be betting into things like, wow, this, this number's 10 hot dogs too high. I'm going to hammer the under. Like, is that, is that in part why, why you're thinking that um, once some of the numbers pop on some of the, uh, the second, third tier guys that you're going to see some, some soft totals that you can bet over on? Yeah, and I think I, I also think that people that are probably putting this information up aren't doing much more digging than looking at historical competition results. And these guys... If you really dig around, these guys have qualifying numbers. They have practices they put on video for certain guys. I mean, Joey's out there. <laughs> two years two two years ago, Joey did eighty dogs on video leading up to the Fourth of July, and that's the year that that he, his his previous high I think was like seventy or or sixty eight. And Dimes came out, and this is what they used to do: they would have a number of alt lines. I think they had sixty seven, sixty nine, seventy one, seventy three, seventy five, and so we were hitting all of those. You. Know, he ends up doing, you know, whatever it's 72 and he hit almost every single alt line, but he, he had done 80 leading up to the competition. So there's just, there is information out there. It's, it's, it is hard to find. You just have to follow some of these real random accounts and, and kind of dig around with these people. And sometimes you have to DM and have conversations with them, <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, they're there. That, that's what it comes down to. So what, uh, if they do offer a bunch of alts, let's say they go up to 79 and a half and it's like plus 400 plus 500. Are you getting involved? You know, I, at 79, I don't know that I could, I, I kind of think Joey is like 75 this year, 75, 76. I think if he beats it, it's by one or two, you know, I, okay. he's, he's done 80 before it's good. You know, I, I just, I just, and I think, you know, Andy, like you said earlier, this guy's a beast. He, he doesn't care about, he doesn't care. There's no competition. This is major league eatings one day where they're, I mean, these guys are usually paying for like $2,000. I mean, the grand price here is only, is only $10,000. It's not huge, but it's on TV. It gets so much publicity. This is his day, his day to shine. Everyone's talking about him. He wants to go out there and impress. And despite the fact, you know, he may win by 20 to 25 dogs. He wants to go out there and break a world record. And every, and he, he's done way more than 75. It's on video. So I think the question is, what can he do on a specific day and how's he feeling? I like it. I like it. This is the Super Bowl. I've only, I've, I mean, you, you read some of these things and God bless. What's, what's the guy's name? I want to give him credit. The announcer. Richard Shea or George Shea, George uh, Shea, Richard's yeah, brother. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. He, I mean, he's amazing. First off, he's awesome. If you don't, I mean, if you're going to watch it, catch the, catch the introductions. Agreed. He's, great. he's one of the best parts of the whole show. But uh, when when they start listing off like all the different championships that some of these people have, like you know the the oyster eating champion, the <laughs> lobster guy. roll eating. He's got, he's like, yeah, I mean these guys are doing it all year, and it's funny. Like one time ever in my life have I ever seen one of these other ones televised, and it was just random. It was the, it was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I think they did the Johnsonville brat. Uh, eating contest, which was way more disgusting. I cannot eat. It's, it's <laughs> like pork. I can't imagine doing that. Oh, it was sickening how much how much meat they ate. 
but either way, you know, it, this is this is the one. This is on TV. It's a big deal. It's the Fourth of July. It's the mustard belt. He's got to go all out. And it is. It is weird too. And I, I guess this is kind of a question for Chris. Like, you know, you don't really know. It's not like an auto race where you can look in your mirror and see how far you ahead ahead you are. You know, a foot race or something of that matter. Like, are people even looking? You know, they're not looking back and looking at other people's numbers. Are they seeing like where they sit? Are people telling them? Like, do they even have any idea if somebody's close? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because the numbers are actually behind them. I I know there's a spotter up front. I don't yeah. know if they can see what the number is. I'm sure in their head they know their total or general total. I just I don't have any clue if if they're aware of uh, if if someone has something in front of them, right or left. Um, that that's a great question. I, I have no clue. But you know, given the debacle of last year, there's apparently a completely new scoring system in place because I mean, again, if you're one day to shine for major league eating and as you come and have that shit show happen they i think they've re- completely revamped the way they're going to score it this year so I, I i don't see um i don't see them having any any of the same sort of issues you know again you they went to commercial and with joey eating like 64 dogs and sincati like 53 and i thought my day was ruined as you said they came back and they had they have two minutes like 958 you know, on the pacific coast two minutes before they have to go to their next event and they're now they're interviewing Joey saying he's won, he's broken a world record. I'm like, wait, what, what happened? And at that point in time, I'm freaking out. What did Sincati actually do? Because I was sitting on 53 and a half, 56 and a half, 59 and a half and 64 and a half. And his number went from, 50, 50, his number from 53 to 64. And all of a sudden three of my four bets, even though I had more on the 64 because Bovada has limits, you know, all of a sudden that, that, that improves me quite a bit, but just what, what an absolute shit show last year. And we did have a, re- we did have a reversal last year, guys. And I remember Andy asking, cause there was a reversal prop last year that was 10 to one. I don't What's think the reversal, reversal again. Remind me. So, so a reversal of fortune is the official term when someone throws up uh, <laughs> after consuming too many hot dogs. And I think, you have, I think you have to keep it down for 10 minutes to be legal. Uh, and, and Andy asked because there was a prop last year, I think it was like 10 to one, will there be a reversal? And if it was like, yes, it was like 10 to one or something to that degree, because there hadn't been one in, in quite a few years. And, and, and on the women's side, the, a former champion actually had a reversal uh, uh, right at the end of the competition, right at the end of the competition. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Uh, I love that thoughts on thoughts on the women's total? 138 and a half a banger. I mean, Miko kind of tipped her, her cards, right? Miki, Miki Sudo. Sorry, Miki kind of tipped her cards. She was like, I'm not feeling it this year. Is, was she, is, that, is that gamesmanship? Is she just trying to add to some drama and, and, uh, and we should actually sneakily be betting this over 38 and a half? The, you know, you bring, we were discussing this earlier. I'll read you the exact tweet that she had two days ago. This is the women's champion. Similar to Joey, should not face much competition. She should easily win. Uh, if you're betting, you might want to take the under. If I'm being honest, this is the least prepared, but the happiest and most stress-free I've ever been going into Nathan's. I don't know this lady or what her personality is. I have no clue what to make of that. I know she's been upset in the past that the women have not gotten the same sort of uh, treatment as the men, that they are they are, they are ESPN3. You have to stream them, where then again, they make a big deal and put put, put the men on ESPN2 on TV. I think so, her, her position has been in the past. Why should I go out there and continue to eat as much? I just don't know what to make of it. Hey, she's being serious. We should be pounding that under. Um, yeah. What's funny is they, what's funny is the over took some, a little bit of money today over at dimes. Most most other areas are didn't move much. I don't think many people are betting the women's total, but um, I have no clue what to make of that. Mm. So it, she's it's, uh, it's, trying. To, she's trying to. She's trying to line her pockets with a little. Uh, little. She uh, might be. 
So you should be. throw a couple dogs. Right. I like I've this. A woman yeah. lied to me before. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to give you perspective, to give you perspective on her, her total set at 30 and a half, 38 and a half. Her last three years performance, 41, 41, and 37. Mm, okay. Okay. So, interesting. Fair number. Um, okay. What, uh, what, uh, what, what kind of uh, thoughts on some of the guys beyond Chestnut? If we do see those lines pop, Stoney coming in second here, or is he past his prime? This this uh, this guy's hard to figure out because there's there's like three guys that are sitting in this next tier: Matt Stoney, Darren Breeden, and and Jeff Esper, and they're all guys they are going to be in in the forties, maybe low fifties if they have a great day. Um, and and the, the the hard part is Matt Stoney, right? He did sixty two three years ago or whatever it was, four years ago, and beat Chestnut. Since then, he's gone 48, 48, and even dropped to 40 last year. And mm. he, just, he, he makes so much money on his whole YouTube deal. Yeah. He focuses so much on YouTube. That he, doesn't, he doesn't focus on hot dogs. And the issue is, if you're a former champion, you don't have to qualify. So we never yes. know. What, he, doesn't have to go to, he doesn't have to go to any of the qualifiers and, show, and drop a 50 or, a, or show what he can do. Like, so we have no clue. Like, maybe he's practicing like crazy. He's, the one, he's the, always the one wild card. And he, you know, he got even worse last year. I, I, there's this narrative in my mind that is, you know, with, with no rival for chestnut and the likelihood that he could win by, you know, 25 dogs, is there pressure put on him to kind of, but then again, he's making so much money off of YouTube more than he could be making from, from, from this competition. So I, I don't know. It's hard to say he's the wild card. I think that probably Esper and Breeden beat him and, and are, are probably vying for second place, but he's the wild card that could drop a drop a 58 or a 60 and, and surprise people. Mm, I, I'm think, I know, I, I, I've seen these kind of uh, career arcs in the past. He's lost his fastball. It's uh, it's yeah, not it's not sure. happening. He's 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 landing in the 40s. Uh, so official prediction: Joey Chestnut 75. I think 70, 75. Absolutely. Okay. I think I think All he right. breaks the record. I'm getting down at over 74 and a half. <laughs> Plus 186 on Bookmaker. That's my jam right here. There it is. And we're good. Um, okay. Well, uh, excellent stuff, my friend. Uh, always, uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, and uh, parting thoughts on the Warriors. Oh, Dy- Dynasty's man. over. Yeah, we had a heck of a run, though. I mean, you can't be upset. I, I, there was a hell of a run. To, to, be able to, to be able to enjoy three championships was absolutely amazing. Everything's got... Like come to an end. I mean, there's still, you know, there's still Curry there. It's unfortunate Clay had to get hurt, et cetera. You know, Katie will go do good things for the Nets. It's it's a bummer, but uh, it was fun to be a part of it and go to a lot of the games and so forth. And so, oh, I you forgot. know, I had one more hot dog question for you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what I forget. I, yeah, Andy's too far away from the mic. <laughs> oh, we we can't hear you at all. The Jersey retirement ceremony. What um, oh yeah, his his jersey oh, thirty five. Oh, there, no one else, yes, no yes. one will ever wear a jersey thirty five again. That was that was bizarre. That was really strange. That was interesting. Um, yeah, it was okay. interesting. I forgot. I had one other question I want to post for you. Uh, so yeah. we're obviously making a big deal out of this handicapping betting the hot dog eating contest. Presumably there'll be a bunch of lines up. Follow Chris Kelly. Where, where can they find, follow you on Twitter again? Uh, at Kelly Chris seventy seven. All right, perfect. And uh, you know, if anything else pops, if you see any other any other uh, hot 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 looks, by all means, get a get them out to the people after the syndicate gets their gets their taste. Um, and um, I, you know, 
this podcast grows and grows year over year. People keep, you know, people keep, oh, look at that. Oh, the over 74 and a half coming down. It was 186. It's down to 173. I, You're probably, moving. You are, that's you probably are officially from, part of the that's syndicate. That's probably because of me. That's probably because of me. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, like, you know, this, this, as this grows, you know, as, as kind of the interest in this event, presumably from a betting standpoint grows, uh, what, what, what's a fair price that Andy and I are in the hot dog eating contest, uh, in the next five years? A fair price. Well, you would have to go to one of the qualifiers and what if we get, like, what, if, what if we, what if we get a full on like a uh, wild card, like, like Barstool Big Cat, just for the, just for the exposure. It's down to 161 now. That over 74 and a half is getting deep. Well, well, if we play this out for a second here and you just think about purely if you had to go to a qualifier, what's the lowest number you would have to come up with? I'm trying to think. I think the lowest dude was like, ah, let's see what we got here. I think it was like 15 maybe. So first off, you'd have to be like, let me look at that. But if you got if you got well, a wild, I can eat fifteen hot dogs in ten minutes. <laughs> in ten minutes, <laughs> I would set your over under at. I mean, I would train. I can't do it right. I can't sit. I can't sit here and do it right now. I, obviously, I would train. There'd be like a Rocky montage of me just cramming meat off, housing hot dogs. It would be amazing to see that, though. I'd, I'd like to see that. You're the best. So, what do you think, though? No, like, like, like five to one, ten to one, that we're in it in the next five years, just from a just to promote it from a betting standpoint and to, and and a fan and fan engagement standpoint. Somebody reaches out to us and they're like, "Look, dude, we we you know we, everybody tunes into the the hot dog eating contest pot every year. Like, we need you guys to to, to be part of the action. If the Not that we would do anything, un- unfortunately, yeah. yeah, got some momentum behind it. Yeah, I would yeah. say ten, twelve to one seems to be yeah. reasonable. Okay. Right? That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Hey, I like hey, that. I'll say one. I'll say one thing that we beat up some lines of about it. There wasn't much to bet, but I do like. Now this is a little high, but if it was to somehow come down, I do like the over nine and a half uh, for Joey in the first minute of the competition. Uh, it's at 165 now. We bet it at 130. But if it comes down even a little bit, I, I, I'd play that. He did two years ago. He did 10. It was flipping to 11 at the nine-minute mark. And last year, he even though the counting was wrong, if the counting is correct, he did do 10 again last year. I don't, I don't see any way that he's not at 10 or 11 at the minute mark. Good stuff, man. All right, Andy, get practicing because next year we're going to call. Minute. 10 hot dogs in a minute. 10 in a minute. That's too many. <laughs> All right, guys. Great stuff. Enjoy your 4th of July. Thank you again for your time, Chris. Always appreciate your insight. Best of luck betting some uh, some FCS football and some Little League World Series this summer. You know and, me uh, too well. You know <laughs> yes, well. yes. And uh, I'll see you next time I'm up in the Bay Area. We can we can pop a bottle of red and uh, and, and uh, tell some fun stories. So thanks again, as always. And uh, have a happy 4th of July, guys. Meet Madness is in the books. Let's go, Joey. Break a record. Cheers. <laughs>